I feel like nobody actually really talks about how hard post-treatment is. Side effect that a lot of women complain about is chemo brain. And I was just questioning whether that is a thing. At that time, I didn't understand what that meant until I had to experience it myself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two. This is Shauna. And this is Rosalina. And we're your hosts for Too Young for This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but a journey with cancer. We are young millennials open about giving you our raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought, or have loved someone with cancer. Hey, everyone. Hi, guys. We're back. Yes, we are so back and so ready to talk about our side effects after treatment, so after chemotherapy and radiation. Just to give you guys some background knowledge, both Shauna and I finished chemotherapy six months ago. So I did TC. I did ACT. After chemotherapy, we did radiation. We've completed radiation like three months ago. So we wanted to give you just information about how we are feeling post-treatment. Yeah, just some updates. You guys have followed us from the beginning. So I feel, you know, I want to keep everyone updated on what's been going on because there's been a lot. I think it's super important. Like no one talks about the late side effects of treatment. I feel like nobody actually really talks about how hard post-treatment is Yeah, in general. Yeah. And the struggles that come with it mentally and physically. So anyways, so we're here to talk about it. And I think, Shauna, it'll be great for you to start and talk about the side effects that you're feeling. So I finished chemo September 27th of 2021. And since then, you know, I, I... had said on our final chemo episode that I was really riding a high the week after. I rode that high probably up until the beginning of radiation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I felt just, I felt great. I was so happy to be done. I don't know if I was ignoring side effects at that point, just because I was just so thrilled to be done. I noticed in September that I felt more achy. A, like a lot more achy almost. I, my my bones started to hurt. My feet were bothering me. My feet especially were bothering me. My hips. I always had previously had struggled with some joint pain and stiffness because I grew up on Long Island and Lyme's disease is very, very common. And I had had that in my late 20s. And those were some of the side effects that I had from my chronic Lyme's. So I didn't think too much of it, actually. I just kind of assumed, oh, okay, these are back and the weather is changing here in New York and things are going to start getting colder and you kind of feel those aches and pains a little bit more. So I didn't really think anything of it until I started radiation in the end of October, early November, and it was really bad. I was very uncomfortable crying. Tylenol wasn't helping. Advil, Aleve wasn't helping. Um, I ended up getting put on gabapentin, which is a medication for nerve pain. They thought maybe it was neuropathy. They kind of had told me like, we're going to try this and you can see if it worked and it worked. And it definitely did like take the edge off. But that was, turns out of a side effect from chemo is this bone pain that has been continuing for the last six months Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for me. Did you have any bone pain? When you started to have bone pain, I started to like get those symptoms as well. So it was happening like during radiation and it really bothered me in the sense of like when I was like sitting down for too long. And then when I stand up, my hips and my knees would just hurt so badly. Like I feel like an old lady. Essentially, like that, I couldn't even walk. Exactly, that was the same. Yeah, yeah, same for me. My ankles don't move, so when I go from a sitting to standing position and go to walk, 
literally my ankles don't move. And it's like I'm stomping. I'm constantly getting yelled at for stomping. I'm like, like they're not moving. I don't right. know what you want me to do. I don't yeah. know how to <laughs> I don't know how to walk without like this waddle like that I keep doing. But um my ankles don't move. I've been waking up in the morning and my fingers don't move or like my fingers hurt. And I never had that pain before. So that started to be a little bit of alarming for me. Your hips too, like going from sitting to standing and just loosening up was difficult. Yeah. One thing that I would mention, um, which we'll touch upon more in our hormonal therapy episode is uh, I was on Lupron when I was telling my medical oncologist about the pain that I was feeling, she said it's, it was because of Lupron. So for me, she mentioned that that wasn't from chemotherapy, but it was from Lupron that I was feeling all these like joint pains in my hips and my knees, my fingers. My oncologist also had chalked it up to the Zolodex shot that I was taking all throughout chemotherapy. So yeah. By the time I was in radiation in November, my oncologist was like, why don't we switch to Lupron? Let's see if it's the Zolodex shot that's really doing this. Um, so I also ended up on Lupron November of 2021 to see, you know, kind of rule out that it was the Zolodex that was giving me the pain, not chemotherapy. Right. But as we talked about it, Shauna, the Lupron yeah, shot actually it was, was it was worse much worse. Yeah, we'll talk about this all throughout our our hormonal therapy episode. But yeah, it was not a good switch for me. I actually wish I had stayed on the Zolodex. The other side effects that a lot of women complain about is chemo brain, and let me tell you, when I first heard about it, I was just questioning whether that is a thing. At that time, I didn't understand what that meant until I had to experience it myself. And during chemotherapy and radiation, and even after I was finished with treatment, I did have chemo brain. It got so bad that I couldn't even talk. <laughs> like <laughs> I couldn't even like do a complete sentence. <laughs> um, it's so funny that you said like you weren't really sure about chemo brain if that was like an actual thing and and you didn't want like I always was kind of like kind of like the cancer card. Like, is this like your just like way of kind of I don't know, you pull that just so that you don't have to be accountable for anything or you yes, don't have to not, yes. that's not the right way to say it. <laughs> just like your get out of jail free card. Like, right. you know, oh, it's chemo brain, sorry. Like, and you just, I don't know, you can get away with things by saying that. But no, chemo brain is real. I am a mess. I am a disaster. I, my brain is, I'm bouncing off the walls within my own brain. I don't know how else to explain it. I'm thinking a million and one things at one time. I cannot accomplish anything. I cannot concentrate. I can't remember anything. I can't, conf I, the, the sentence thing that you're saying, same thing. Like I'll be in the middle of talking and I'm like, I have no idea yeah. where I'm going with this. Sorry. And I have to like back, try to backtrack to figure out like w at what point did I make it in this conversation? It's bad. It's so funny because even you and I texting back and forth have things that like, because we're going to forget. Yes. I feel so bad. Sometimes it's like in the first thing in the morning and I'm like, oh, I have to tell Rosalina this. And there's a three hour time difference. So when it's like seven in the morning here, <laughs> it's 4 a.m. in L.A. <laughs> and I'm sending text messages because if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget it. Yeah, absolutely. It's really difficult when you're experiencing this, especially when you're going back to your job or maybe you didn't even take a break from your job. I remember when I was going through like radiation, for some reason, I just had a really hard time doing this one task <laughs> at my job. And I felt like a fucking idiot. I'm like, why is this taking me so long? Before it used to not take me this long. And now it does. 
And I would be so frustrated with myself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I want everyone to just give yourself grace. And I know that at that moment, you're probably like, fuck this. I'm fucking stupid. But (laughs) please just like give yourself grace because went through something so traumatic. Not a lot of people can understand what we're going through. So like give yourself breaks. We have to give ourselves some grace. Very similar to being like, we had spoken about this in season one, but being diagnosed and and not being able to retain information and not being able to process certain things. And your brain is in shock. And what our brains and our bodies have gone through during treatment is trauma. And our bodies and our brain are still in mm-hmm. some sort of a shock. And you're like you said, we have to give ourselves some grace. I would say just after I completed radiation, I was still having some like brain fog in December. But I think when I was able to start taking my supplements and I start to like get back to my life a little bit here and there, I think I started to not get chemo brain as much as I did before. So some of the supplements that I've been taking, and please ask your doctor this, but you know, I've been taking vitamin D I've been taking vitamin C, I've been taking zinc, just like anything that could help me with my brain health. But I also really try to eat really healthy and eat greens or vegetables that had elements that could help with my brain health as well. So something that I did notice within the past few months post-treatment is remember how I mentioned like back in October, I was pretty slow at work and I couldn't really understand why I was taking such like um, a long time doing this one task. But now I do see that I don't have trouble with that anymore. And Mm -hmm. now I'm not frustrated with myself. And I just think that it just takes time. Not trying to say that like you'll get your brain function right away as I did. It could take a long time. I hear that chemo brain could last up to one to two years. So again, don't beat yourself down if for whatever reason you're still experiencing that. Everyone's journey is different. Right. I've read in some of the support groups, there's women that are like, yeah, I did chemo 20 years ago and I, I still have a uh, chemo brain. And I'm like, great. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> you know, it, I've read it took one to two years. And then this woman's telling me it's 20 years. And I'm like, oh, all right. You know, everyone is different. You know, people experience, um, they'll get it, you get it back or I don't know. It is what it is. Cancer's really the, the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm not shocked. <laughs> And another thing that I've also been doing is exercising. I know that exercising could just help with your brain and improve your functions. That's what I've also been doing as well. Um, I do write a lot of things down. And I've always had, especially if I had like appointments or if there's something that I need to jot down that, that I need to do, I have a Google calendar that I just jot everything down because I'm obviously going to forget if I don't. Another thing that I've been reading online and it's kind of something that I do want to get into is start doing like puzzles or just like mental games that you can play on your phone or you can even just like buy something online and do that as well. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot. I mean, I always did a lot of those brain games. I think I always had some sort of of a touch of uh, maybe ADD. I am taking something also to help because I I am struggling a little bit to almost like calm the thoughts in my head because my brain is going a million miles an hour. Now being back in my life and being at work, there's a lot, you know, I have my, my job, I have my friends, I have my partner, I have my family, and then trying to balance all of that all while working basically now 60 hours a week. And I nanny, so I'm not only now like having to worry about my life, I'm also worrying about the family I work for's life. And that's a whole other dynamic of trying to stay organized as well. So I'm struggling. 
you know, you talked about supplements, you know, I started taking, well, I think I always took my multivitamin, but I'm on a, a very low dose of Adderall to try to help myself get back on some sort of track. You know, after a year of COVID and a year of cancer, it's two years of my life trying now to get back into some yeah. sort of normal. And I, I need, I don't want to derail that. So that was, I made a conscious decision to get some help on that front for sure. That's awesome. That's seriously awesome because mm-hmm. you're basically like doing what you did before, you know, just like all the hustling and just getting back to your life and nanning, which, you know, takes, sucks up so much of her time. Absolutely. While also trying to now maintain like the least amount of stress yes. in my life, stress can really contribute to, to cancer and I don't want a reoccurrence. And so I need to find that balance without stressing out about the logistics of my life, my work life. I, I needed a little bit of extra help. And, you know, I'm on, I'm taking supplements too. Um, like I said, I'm back on my multivitamin, which I think is helping. I'm back on a vitamin D, a fish oil. I've been taking a lot of probiotics because my digestion has also been a big problem post-chemo. Oh, yes. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. During chemotherapy, my stomach was a mess. It wasn't just from the chemotherapy. I think it was also from the anti-nausea meds that we had to take on top of it. Right. My stomach was just a, a mess. And I was prescribed Prilosec, just like an anti-acid because the heartburn and just being uncomfortable from chemotherapy. And I still take it quite regularly. I don't, I wouldn't say I take it every day, but, um, you know, I'm spending a lot of money now on like different probiotics to try to help get my stomach kind of back on track. And it's the one I'm taking now is great. I definitely feel a difference. I feel better because your gut health can contribute to so many other ailments in your body. So Mm -hmm. I think it's super important to like try to, I'm really trying hard to get that back on track. I actually did not experience any digestion problems. (laughs) I think it's probably because of the chemo regimens that we were on, I think. Oh, definitely. Or you were just lucky. I don't know. I feel like everyone has different symptoms that I think they go through during all the, you know, I just think some people are luckier than others. I definitely still do take care of my gut health as well. Even if I don't have that problem, like Shauna said, your gut health is super important. It's like a lot of elements of, you know, how your body functions. So I also do take Mm -hmm. supplements for my GI gut health. And probiotics, I mean, as a woman, I think is just so important anyways for our pH balance and, and everything else. So, I mean, I was taking a probiotic even before chemo. The other side effects that women can experience post-treatment is fatigue. And that is something that I still do experience. I do experience fatigue uh, throughout the day. Um, So sometimes I just take like breaks. I don't know like what else to do (laughs) just to take breaks. But how about you, Shauna? Yeah. I'm uh, in my work schedule right now is is a little hectic. I I never worked um, days this long before. So that's an adjustment in itself. Um, And I just don't know how to stop also, which is something I'm trying very hard to learn. I'm 33 years old and this is who I am and this is who I've been. So it's, it's a little bit of a harder habit to break, but you know, I do mm-hmm, have breaks mm-hmm. during the day, but I'm just that person that is like, well, I can sit here or I can get X, Y, and Z done. For me, my job is different than a lot of other people. I work with a stay-at-home mom. So it's sitting down and she does not expect me to run, you know, run ragged. She's always like, sit, have lunch, sit down. Like as to where I am, like I could throw this laundry in and I can quick make this for, for dinner. So I don't have to, you know, like I just don't allow myself to just sit down. So that has been a little bit of a struggle that I am currently working on, but so my days are longer. So the fatigue does set in sometimes by two, three o'clock. I am like, Oh my God. And the busiest part of my day is from four to seven. So you can imagine what that is like when you're already just like kind of almost done for the day and then bam, like you're thrown into 
this chaos. I mean, I'm coming home and I, and I feel bad because I don't want to talk. Like, I just don't want to have a conversation with Matt or like, even with Phoenix, my dog, who I adore. The first thing I do when I walk in the door, he's all over me. And I'm like, I find myself, I don't even have the patience. Like I don't, I just almost want to be left alone because I am so beyond exhausted. That's hard, you know, and it's not fair. It's not fair to Matt and to them, but I'm just, that fatigue sets in. And even on the weekends, I'm finding myself too, trying not to overschedule basically looking at Matt and saying like, I I need to sleep in tomorrow. Like I need you to not wake me up or take Phoenix out or do something that like, I cannot be up at seven 30. Like, please just let me even sleep till 8am, you know? And that's, it's hard. It's hard to have to be like, feel like you're dragging, you know, I don't like that feeling. And that has been happening for me quite a bit. I want the listeners to get a perspective of like, when does your stay start during the days that you were? I leave my apartment at 7 a.m. Okay. I'm at work at 7.45. So that means I'm up, yeah. obviously. I'm home. I leave there between 6.30 and 7 p.m. So I'm working right now currently almost a 12-hour day. I do get breaks in the middle. Don't get me wrong. But I, I work in New York City. My I clock my my steps every day is between six and seven yeah. miles a day. And I drive to and from work. Let me just also let me just also clarify those steps are happening within my yep. work day. That is a That's lot. A lot. That is a lot. Um, and I I feel I feel for you, seriously. But also too, I feel good when I'm walking around this, you know, it's that that's almost basically a workout. Like there's doing school runs and things like that, going to certain parks. Like I will track, I make sure to track because I'm always curious on how far things are just in general. And, you know, it will be a mile and a half that I do fairly Mm -hmm. quickly walking and it feels good. Don't get me wrong. I did mention how stiff I am. Walking and moving has helped with the stiffness. It's just the hardest part is getting up. You know, once I'm in that groove, I can freely walk. I, I feel good. It's more sitting down is when that joint pain really kicks in. But I feel good once I'm there. So also too, like that type of that boost of what is that serotonin in my body from working out, like I get this like yeah. recharge of energy, you know, but you do, I feel mm-hmm. like I do lose mm-hmm. it quick. Do you feel like that when you're like working out and then almost like you get the high and then yeah, you get the crash? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, so today I went for a walk and it's not that I felt fatigue. It was just my limbs were on fire. <laughs> and that never really mm. happened before unless I, I really walked for like an hour. And I've only walked for like 20 to 30 minutes. I think it's just my joints. They get tired easier. You are also dancing a lot now too. Do you think yes. that just yes, like how many didn't how many days a week are you dancing? She's so good. Twice by a the week. Way. You Thank have you. To see her Instagram posts <laughs> or follow us on Instagram. Her posts are so good. I watch her and I'm like, I can never do that. Um, I'm never trying. <laughs> Wait, there was. I remember I'm never even um, in our first episode when I talked about area yoga. You wanted to try that, right? Is that? I feel like you said you said that you wanted to try that. I wanted yeah. to try it. Yeah, but. I do want to try that, but I also, A, have no upper body Me either. strength, <laughs> and I'm, ter- I'm terrified okay, of heights, okay, okay. and I am the most spastic person I know. Like, I'll leave with a head injury. <laughs> yeah, you may. It's true. Like, a traumatic <laughs> brain injury. That would be me. Okay, so let me say this. The week after I finished radiation, I thought that I could go out and go do a class and I'll be fine. No, I was not fine. I was so dizzy. You were also... Yeah, what's up? <laughs> you were also just like, I can conquer the world. Like I, you were like, like when I talk about riding a high after chemo, you like rode a high on yeah. <laughs> after treatment was done. I was, I felt like I was drowning and you were superwoman. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, why am I not feeling like she's feeling? What is going on? To be honest, I was just so fucking happy to be done. That's the high that I had. Like, I am somebody that needs to expect it all. And everyone was like, 
you just did chemo. Radiation is going to be a breeze. It's going to be a breeze. You're going to breeze right through it. I was so fatigued, so miserable, crying. I had the meltdown of the century. Like the meltdown of the century. Canceled Christmas in November. I was like, don't talk to me about it. I'm not coming. Christmas is canceled. I like lost my goddamn mind because I was so miserable. And then, and then who else decides to move on top of going back to work and doing a month of during my month of radiation me. So imagine going back to work, trying to find an apartment. Matt had just started a new job. So that was chaotic and I'm miserable on top of this. It was a lot. It was and it was all half of it was self-inflicted a hundred percent, but I felt lied to because I did not handle it. Well, it was not a breeze. It was harder than chemo for me. I think the other thing I wanted to talk about. So during radiation, Shauna and I both decided not to wear bras anymore for me until I had to put silvadine cream on. That's when I started using the surgical bras again because of the pads. But after radiation, I think it was like maybe three weeks after I started using bras again because my skin wasn't as raw and like itchy anymore. So I still use my bralettes. I don't use any underwire bras. I haven't used underwire bras in like four years (laughs) now, but I know you, Shauna, you don't wear a bra. I'm never wearing a bra again. It's just, that's it. I'm never (laughs) doing it. Personal I'm choice. Have to do it like post surgery, I know. And once we have our exchange surgeries, you kind of can't wear underwire bra. I'll never miss that. Me either. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I don't know. And now there's enough push up bras. Like if I ever needed, like I'm hoping after I have my implants put in, I don't need to wear a padded bra. But they have like nice ones now that you don't even need them. I don't know. I don't miss bras. Mm-hmm. I really hope to never wear one again. I'm actually kind of dreading when I have to wear bring back the surgical Mm -hmm. bras. I found them actually somewhat recently because I had put them away knowing that I would use them Mm -hmm. again after my double mastectomy. And I saw them and I was like, ugh, to use these soon. I was kind of like, hmm, just like totally turned off by it. But uh, because I burned so bad, I wore this, like they gave me a mesh band and they like cut a hole in it. So I was basically wearing like a one shoulder Mm -hmm. bandeau mesh. Like you could see through it. I don't know what it's called. I took a picture actually to post on our Instagram so people could see because I have no idea how to explain what this is. So I will post a picture um, this week. So I had the pads that were covering all of that. And then I had the mesh thing that was like, I, I think I sent it to you and I was like, it's called fashion. Like it yes, was like just I think I remember like a, seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Such a contraption, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I loved it actually. They gave me a couple and I just like would cut my own holes in it and like, wear this and it helped keep everything covered, but I didn't have to use like any sort of tape. I didn't have to use anything that, and it wasn't, it was very light. I didn't feel like it was like constricted. It didn't feel like it was irritating my skin any further. It was great. Mm -hmm. I wore that actually for probably two weeks, even after I finished radiation, like until I was able to just not wear any of the pads, I wore this, my makeshift mesh bra, I guess. I don't know what what else like, I could have worn that to a rave. For sure you could. For sure you could. There's definitely some, like, rave wear, like, club wear. That would be so funny. You'd just be out. And then if people even complimented you on it. God, I, got, I got it at NYU. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I actually ended up, um, I wore that with the pads to cover, so I didn't wear a bra. So there are other side effects to radiation too. You know, there's coughing, there's shortness of breath, swelling in the arm. We talked about decreased rage of motions and and fatigue. So um, that's something else to kind of watch out for as well if you've underwent radiation. I didn't experience any coughing, uh, maybe a little bit of shortness of breath in the beginning, especially when I went through that fitness class and I felt so dizzy that I couldn't even like stay any longer. I, the class was like an hour and I couldn't even do it for another 30 minutes. It definitely had like shortness of breath (laughs) during that time. Yeah. But that's like, like uh, totally understandable. And I almost feel like expected, especially after everything, like already being exhausted and your body just like, just took an ass kicking literally after all the treatment. Yeah. 
It does. It takes like to get the stamina back and get back to your getting back to like my pre chemo, pre cancer life, yes. body, right? Like, you know, like work life, like whatever is, uh, it doesn't happen fast. It is quite, it, it takes a, quite a long time to get back to that. Yeah. Since that workout class, I gave myself so much grace and I was like, okay, I need a break. I can't. Like the only thing I could probably do is just go for a walk. So that's what I've done for like the entire month after radiation was completed. And then when January came, I started like going to dance class, like maybe like once a week and then seeing how I was doing. Um, And then from there, like I started doing a little bit more. So I walk every day, actually. I I walk um, for like 30 minutes or so every single day when I can. And then I also take dance classes. And having a dog makes that so easy, right? Well, in addition to walking my dog, I do. I walk my dog and I walk by myself for 30 minutes. That's great. Good. And then I do take dance classes now for like twice a week when I can. I'll definitely say that, you know, I don't do this like every freaking week. Like last month, I think, I think I didn't go to dance class for at least like three weeks because I was like so fatigued. Yeah. I was super fatigued and I just like, wasn't feeling myself. So I definitely didn't do that for a while. So, but now you're back doing how many days a week or like, do you just go when you feel good or do you, you're going twice? Yeah. I've been going twice now. And yeah. And the thing is like that I've been noticing. And I mean, a lot of people say this when you're exercising, like you feel so great afterwards. And it's so true. Like I really do feel great. Um, but the next day I get super sore, but I think, I think I've, even more sore, like in addition to everything that my body went through with chemotherapy and radiation. I think that, and it can't, because I know your doctor said the same thing. My doctor said the same thing. Every doctor, if you go online and you look up anything, they're going to tell you like, you're going to feel better with exercise. You're going to feel better with exercise. And it's like, okay, just like, well, does that come in a pill form? Can we get that? Like, Sometimes exercise is also like not the cure all. Sometimes it's not like sometimes my feet hurt so bad that like, yeah, like I can go outside and walk, but I come in and I'm suffering 10 times more. So I don't know. I don't like that either. Like, yes, sometimes do I feel better? Like my brain, does my brain feel better? A hundred percent. Does my body feel better sometimes? Not all the time. So does it loosen me up? Yes. Do I suffer later? Like you said, like, you know, you can be like super sore, super fatigued, like, you know, it, does it help a hundred percent? Is it going to keep our bodies stronger, longer as we get older? A hundred percent. But like, I feel like it does make some people feel bad, especially being done with treatment. And like, you know, a lot of people, especially that don't have cancer, that don't deal are not dealing with what we're going through. And everyone in your life outside just like assumes like, okay, you're good. Like she's good. Like, right. She, she's in remission. She, she's cancer free. Like life resumes. She's great. Like, And then that's not the case, right? So you're already feeling like I should be at this level that I'm, that I was before this, because now this is over and that's not the case. And then you just have everyone telling you, well, just, you know, exercise is the answer. Exercise is going to make you feel better and you're doing it. And then that's not even the case. And it's, it, it is not a good feeling. It's very discouraging sometimes. So and then I, there, you know, people that have gained a ton of weight on chemo, on chemo and radiation and treatment and stress and all this, and like you're already kind of struggling with your body image, and it, and it's hard to work out and all this stuff, and then just to be keep being told, like, you know, just keep exercising, keep exercising. I don't know, it pisses me off sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I feel like it's just it, it. It yes, is it so beneficial? But is it the cure all? No, it's not. Let's talk about following up with your radiation oncologist. So once we've completed radiation, you know, what went on when you had the conversation with your oncologist? I would say that I followed up with her three weeks post-radiation 
And she mentioned in, in her notes that I tolerated radiation well. <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit of a lie. She checked how the appearance of my breast looks. And um, she mentioned that everything looks great, that the side that was radiated, which is my left breast, it was tan and that's how she expected it to be. Um, and it was looking, you know, as, as good as she, as what she thought it it would look like. I also did ask her about the lotion and if I still need to keep applying that. And she mentioned that I don't need to use Aquaphor anymore or any of those other lotions that they recommended to me. I could just use like a regular body lotion and just apply every day until I have my implant surgery. So the technique that she actually taught me that she said a plastic surgeon taught her was when you're applying the lotion, you're, you want to like massage your breast up and down first and then side to side. Interesting. I do it every single day after I get out of the shower. I, I apply lotion on my breast. Because I, I don't want my breasts to like change because one of the, I guess, effects that could happen after radiation is that your breasts could be like lifted because of radiation. Yeah, your skin can tighten and it can legitimately like lift your tissue expander. Exactly. I wanted to avoid that as much as possible. So I still apply lotion. The other thing I did ask her was if I needed to avoid the sun. She said that I could still be in the sun, but obviously just apply sunscreen. That's what I do every day. I like try to apply sunscreen because I live in LA. The sun is out almost every single day. So I try to apply sunscreen if I'm exposing anything like from my neck to my chest wall to my breast. The last thing I want to mention Um, I did ask her about like, how can you tell when there are changes to the radiated breast versus the healthy side? What like Shauna mentioned, like that it starts to lift up. Like, is there a way that they measure it? Like I wasn't sure. But the only thing that she told me was that just by looking at it, she could tell whether there's any like changes with my breast. So I feel like there could probably like be something more that she could do, but that's the response that she gave me. But how about you, Shauna? What was your talk with your radiation oncologist? I finished chemo the last day of November. So the month brought me to like right after the holidays. So I saw her the first week of January and my skin had healed really well. My skin was very dark. My skin was very discolored but my skin healed very nicely. I'm in a clinical trial for a caffeine cream. So I have to apply that twice a day in the morning and night. She just told me to keep using the caffeine cream. And she really stressed to me that the first year I'd need to be very, very cautious of the radiated skin. So to apply, honestly, every doctor is going to tell you to apply SPF in the sun anyways. So it's just the smart thing to be doing. It's to take care of our skin in general. So I just have to be like a little bit more cautious and just really maybe use a higher SPF. That's what I do. I totally use a higher SPF. I actually sometimes even use like baby SPF because I know those are like higher. Yes. And zinc. Yes. Zinc SPF. I use that. Yes. Which... It's hard because you literally, it, like, you look white as a ghost when you're using sunscreen. So, yeah, it's not the best looking thing, but it does offer the most protection. Yeah. Well, it's what I've actually been told by my dermatologist because I've asked. I'd rather be safe than sorry at this point. I don't want to do, I want to take care of my skin. I want to be able to get the size implants that I want. I want them to look symmetrical. And right. I, I'm just, I, don't, I feel like I'm not even going to play. Like I'm not, I'm following instructions. Another thing that my radiology oncologist had said is that I can start my breast fills again, my tissue expander fills at the, with the plastic surgeon, which I was actually really excited for. Cause I had to, I had to stop after only two fills because of 
chemo and because of knowing I was going to have to do radiation. So this was like exciting for me. I felt like I could finally kind of get the ball rolling on reconstruction. And just the idea of also having my implant surgery is just like, that is the end of a chapter. Like that is the final piece of this story, this journey. I mean, it never really ends, but like this is a major surgery and it's just like, this is the last of it. This is the last thing in my mind, my last hurdle. And I don't want to do anything that's going to mess that up. And I just like, I'm excited to now like start talking about what size am I going to be? When can we do this? Seeing my, my breasts be bigger than, you know, what they've been for the last, actually it's been more than six months, been like eight or nine months for me, at least since my last fill. So it was exciting for her to tell me that I got really kind of amped up for that. Yeah, that is really interesting to point out. I got my fills done before radiation. I got them done during chemotherapy. My plastic surgeon filled up my left side just a little bit bigger than the right side. I got the fills done before radiation because, again, there are so many (laughs) different opinions from different plastic surgeons. So I feel like everyone's opinions are different. But from what my plastic surgeon said is that we don't want to fill your breasts after radiation. We want to do it before radiation. And it's just something about like the tightening of the breasts and I can have like complications, stuff like that. And also to you, your reconstruction is going to be very different from my reconstruction. I, you have a single, so you're also trying to match the size breast of your... Yeah, right but I don't side. Want to say original. Like you're you're natural. Yeah, you're yeah, original. I yeah. don't know. You're like first like generation breast. <laughs> yeah. You're healthy breast. <laughs> first your first generation. First generation. I don't That's know. so I funny. Don't know what to call it. I've like, never you're, heard you're, that before. You're natural. You're natural. <laughs> For me, my situation is I don't know what's happening down here. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have two different size expanders because they had to take so much. So all she could fit was one size, but she also knew I wanted to be bigger or at least be the size that I was. I was a small B beforehand, but now I'm like, I want to go as big as possible. So keep going. Like we're going to keep going. I have one side that's a 400 and one size that's a 300. We're not filling the 400 expander any more than it already is. We're trying to match pocket sizes. We'll talk about it, but like I'm being very overexpanded now post-radiation where you're going to have an episode on our, our reconstruction options and plans and things like that. And we'll talk about that more, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of explain your situation to my situation and why also to that might have played, that might've played a difference and why they waited for me and overfilled for you first. Then. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yes. Did you see any difference in the appearance of your radiated breasts? The skin is still very dark. I've been told that I can get a very light exfoliator to just getting all the dark skin and and things like that. It's hard to tell for me because I'm also being expanded at the same time. My right breast is like very high up right now because my expander is like being overfilled. They keep telling me that I have great elasticity in my skin. So I'm, that's a good sign. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good sign. So, I mean, I will see her again on this week actually, um, to, you know, make sure everything's okay, but I don't feel any difference. I do feel some difference in my shoulder. I'm not going to lie. I I do believe that that is also from radiation, but I'm also in physical therapy post radiation to try to help, you know, with the, my mobility. And I had a hard time, uh, during radiation with cording in my arms. So I started actually going before I finished radiation and they recommended, and I also feel like I do need some more PT. So I've been doing physical therapy since. So I had cording issues in between chemotherapy and radiation. So I was definitely going to PT during that time. Yes. It's so bad. So uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) And then, um, this is something that I actually, like no one has told me to do this. I decided to do this. And also talking to Shauna, like we we both were like, are you going to see a PT after radiation? It's also nice to 
talk to Shauna about these things because sometimes doctors won't really give you the step-by-step instructions of what you should do sometimes. So I decided that I should definitely see a physical therapist, the same one I've been seeing post-surgery. I started seeing her two weeks before finishing radiation until like mid-February of this year. I definitely saw PT because I knew with radiation that like I needed to move my left arm as much as possible and do the stretches, do the exercises. And something that I did learn from my PT is that when you lift your arm up, your restriction from like keeping your arm straight compared to your other arm your shoulder is just restricted because you got radiated on that side. So one of the things that she was telling me is that you need to start doing strength training. And she gave me like a band to start doing these like small exercises. If you start working on your back muscles, if you start kind of working on like the area near the shoulders, then you are going to start getting your shoulders to the place where it should be. Well, close enough, I should say. She told me that like not everyone gets their arms straight or like they don't get the flexibility back all the way, but it could be close yeah, to your other arm. I feel arm. that too. We had full lymph node dissection. So we also have a scar. I I have a scar into my armpit. I don't know where your scar is actually from your surgery. I do do too. Yes. A pretty straight. Yeah. So I think that also does limit, you know, how much I can put my arms up to. It's tight. I think it's scar tissue as well. I think that there's like a lot of factors for me on why everything's a little bit uncomfortable under there. But I definitely... I feel that radiation probably affected, like I said, my shoulder the most, my back, my back shoulder blades almost, like right where that targeted radiation goes through, right there. And I have the bands from my physical therapist. And every week after I see her, I get an email with all of the workout, you know, and step-by-step instructions, which is, which is nice because when you have chemo brain, you like, well, I'll walk out of there and be like, I have no idea what I just did. How do I apply this at home? So that's a really nice email to get. And, um... I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I think, been the biggest effect of, of radiation for me. Same. Yes. I will definitely say that when you do see your physical therapist, if they haven't done so already, they should start measuring how far you can like put up your arm, the different flexibility positions compared to your other arm so they can see your progress each week. I think that's super important. Yeah. They do measure me and, um, I see like the physical therapist and then the, the, the actual doctor. I see this doctor that basically just orders physical therapy. And then I see a physical therapist. It's like very odd. I don't know what he does. Oh, that's odd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he measures me. I love physical therapy. I'm so glad I'm doing it. I have no regrets on it. And if you can afford to go or you have insurance that will cover like do it. I highly recommend that. Yes, I agree. Yep. The other thing that I did notice as well, early in January, I've been having shoulder pain. And when I was like talking to this with my physical therapist, she's like, do you sleep on your shoulder? And I was like, yes. She was like, maybe try not to and then just place a pillow like underneath just to like hold your arm in a good position. And I feel like that has helped tremendously as well. I'm not trying to sleep on my bad shoulder. I'm a slide sleeper. <laughs> I'm a slide sleeper too. Yeah. And I've had some, I've been having the same exact issues I, yes. that you're having yes. of just on that side. And that's the side I prefer to sleep on too, which is hard yeah. to not be able to like feel comfortable in that position that I normally, that's like the side I prefer. I'm having the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. Also I have felt in the morning, some not swollen, Mm -hmm. but my hands do feel like I'm having like the tightness, but I do feel like a little bit more swollen. And, um, 
my physical therapist, the physio doctor, the orthopedic. I don't even know who I see actually. I'll have to get, I will look up the type of doctor this man is, but he actually had got me, got me in contact with a company for an arm sleeve mm-hmm. that will help mm-hmm. reduce lymphedema. So essentially it like massages it upwards. Looks like you have like a bionic arm was fitted. I'm just in the process of waiting for my insurance to approve it. And I I will have to pay some money, but my insurance is covering quite a bit of it and I'll have it for the rest of my life. And I'm actually really looking forward to it coming. I'm hoping in the next week or so I can get it. It's so funny when you texted me that, like how it looked, I was like, whoa, this is this is a big deal. This is huge. <laughs> but you said it felt so good because it like massages your arm. It felt so good. And I don't know if anyone has ever gotten like a lymphatic drainage massage, but it's like a very light, it's not like a deep mm-hmm. tissue where you like, you feel like you're just getting like worked on. Like, it's just like a very nice feeling. And to be able to do that while, like, while I'm watching TV or yeah. like can literally wear it while I'm eating dinner or like wear it at work when I let myself have a break ever. Like I can literally bring it with me and, and do it wherever. And I just like, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so excited for it to come. It's like a nice tool to have too. Yeah. I haven't looked into that yet. I'm not sure if my insurance would even cover it to be honest, but I guess it's probably something to look into because I've, I've actually was interested to see if there was any like lymphatic massage therapists around and they're actually not that common from what I've they're seen. They're very common in New York. I've been able to, okay. I've had a few actually after surgery. I found okay. a woman who was amazing. Like my cancer center has somebody there that does it actually. I've never done it through there. But yeah, Perlmutter has it. Perlmutter has like a lot of actually, like a lot of extra services for different things. Yeah. Like during chemo, I got massages. They'd have somebody that came in and would massage your hands and your feet during chemo. Um, that's a luxury experience. No, (laughs) you know what's so funny? Okay, so it's so funny you got that. But when I said when like during the time when I got surgery, (laughs) yeah, I got essential oils. (laughs) (laughs) But you never mentioned that. So that's a very high class New York style service. It re- okay. It was very nice. I'm not going to lie. It was nice. Especially when you're cold capping because it was so cold and uncomfortable like, to sit there and like, Hey, I mean, granted most of my, most of my chemos, I was like comatose. So I don't know how many, I can't tell you out of the 16, how many times I did it, but the ones that I do remember, it was nice. It wasn't like an hour long. It was like maybe 15, 20 minutes, but it was nice. And the, the people that did it, it was a woman one time and a man a couple other times. And very nice and very like put a little lotion on. It's like nothing insane, but it was just. So how do you get that service? You you have to have cancer to get that service. You have to have chemotherapy to get that service. (laughs) That's it. They just have people that that come and do it there. (laughs) Do you want to come to Perlmutter? Okay. You you know what? I think, yes. (laughs) Yes. Do they work on people who are not in treatment anymore? Because I could still pull that cancer card and say, no, hey, you I can, had cancer. They have um, like a, yeah, like a licensed massage therapist, like at Perlmutter that does like the lymphatic drainage that you can make an appointment with. Yeah. There's like a bunch of different services and oh I don't gosh. know why I never, I think I spent enough time there that the last thing I want to do was like go there for a massage. Like, how did you find about, like, lymphatic massage therapists? That I found out, I think their website. The website, and okay. I had asked my oncologist about it. Yeah. Okay, okay. The hand and the, the feet massage that you would get during chemo, like, they would just come up to you while you were there and just ask if you wanted the service or not. That was, like, something separate. That was just, like, something nice to do for people in the middle of chemotherapy, I think. All right. You want to know what I learned today? For everyone out there who's a listener and who's dealt with cancer, go on the website and do some hardcore research because there might be services there that you didn't know even exist. And ask your social so workers. That's what I'm gonna do. Did you have to speak well, to you a know social what? worker? Like when No. So they recommended that I did, and it was through NYU. And I spoke to right before chemo, 
I spoke to a social worker and I spoke to a dietitian. Mm-hmm. Like they set that up for you too. And granted too, it was like still COVID-y time. So they used to do like a yoga for cancer patients too, like a yoga class that was held at Perlmutter on certain days. And like, it was like yoga, maybe meditation or something. And they had to stop doing it obviously because they couldn't have people coming in and out that like weren't being treated or like you could only come in with one guest. Like they just were trying to limit the amount of people, unnecessary people in and out of the hospital. So that was also like yeah. kind of a bummer because all the support groups that met and all that, nothing, none of that, none of those like helpful resources were there because of COVID at the time. They were kind of put on hold. So at Cedar sinai they, I mean, they had like pretty good services Um, like the dietitian, for example, like they actually Mm -hmm. reached out to me, but because I didn't choose them, I couldn't have that service (laughs) because I chose UCLA, but at UCLA, there's a nutritionist for, um, that like deals with cancer patients, but I have to pay for that out of pocket. Oh no, that was not, I didn't have to pay for that. I have to pay. I think the first session is like $300. And I think it's like $300 each time I see her. And I'm like, okay, I, I that a that's lot a lot of money. No, for me. I, well, for, for per session. Well, when I wanted to meet with the um, naturopathic doctor, that's what the same thing. It was like $300 to see her. Then there was like a, you know, I had to pay for the blood work. No, but then you had to pay for blood work outside, you know, like you have to like go to like a lab course. So your insurance obviously isn't going to really pay for that either. So you have to pay for that. Then you had to pay another initial fee to, to, to be seen. So that adds up like as much as I wanted to do it, I was, it just didn't financially make sense. Like, and imagine too, you know, how many follow-ups you're doing now. Like imagine having to do that many with a naturopathic doctor that adds up quick. Post-treatment is, is kind of a bitch too. So just, you know, do what, do what you can to keep yourself feeling good and keep your body strong and reach out to your friends who are also Find your breastie. We had, you know, we did have somebody ask how to find a breastie. And, you know, we met in a support group. Find find a support group. Find a local support group. People are meeting now. COVID is coming down and, and there's in-person, not even just virtual, like, meetups. Go, go find a community, you know, go find your community. Go find a friend to go talk about this. Because it's been nice to talk to you about it, Rosalina. It's been nice to, like, call you and be like... I'm drowning. I am struggling. Christmas is canceled. I canceled it. I feel bad about it. I'm struggling. And it's nice to, you know, I didn't feel judged by you. And it, not that I was, I'm by no means happy that you are going through this either, but it, like it validated, like there is a struggle. There is a struggle post this, this, this doesn't end even. And the thing is like, she's, I feel like you're killing it post post treatment. Like, I'm like, I'm so envious of you. No, I'm no, so I hate that word. You. I hate that word. I am, I am like, I just, I <laughs> want just like, like, and just the confidence that you have out after treatment. Like, I just, I wish I had like even an ounce of it. The one thing I would say as to why I'm like this is because I'm like, fuck it. I have another chance of living. And I'm just going to do things that I normally wouldn't be doing. Um, I never had confidence in myself, like, before, you know, cancer. Like, I, yeah, like, it's such a long story, but I never Mm -hmm. really had confidence in myself. I was very insecure about myself. And then ever since, like, this whole cancer diagnosis happened, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm tired of... Yeah, I fuck it. I'm tired of just feeling defeated, feeling like insecure about myself and all that. Let me just like switch my mindset and think differently. Like I want to become the person who I always wanted to be. So I'm trying to strive. No, you're just like you're you're my inspiration. Oh, Shauna. You are. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Can we talk about how we met? 
Because like we announced on an Instagram, but like we haven't talked about it. We met in real life. Finally met in person. And you know what's so funny? We talked about this in season one that we had like a wedding to go to in February, but we never mentioned exactly when that wedding was. And we talked in January about this. We also tried to meet in December when there was a huge COVID spike and it just kind of wasn't, Matt also had gotten COVID and it just wasn't like a safe time. To I it really was wasn't. so bummed out. I was so bummed out. Cause yeah. it was like, Oh, like, you know, he had been at that point conversing almost what nine months and we're on opposite coast. And it was like the time it was like, we're going to meet. Like it was like almost like a first date. I feel like it was like, a, it was like I was like going on a first date and I was like really, but you, when you said it, cause I was thinking it too. And then Matt ended up getting COVID and I was just like, yeah, we can't meet. And then yeah, January we were talking and then I was like, oh, I have a wedding. And you were like, oh yeah, I have a wedding too. When's your wedding? And I was like, president's weekend. And she was like, my wedding is president's weekend. We're going to be in Miami at the same time. And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) And we really made it like a priority. And we talked about it for weeks about like meeting up and picking a day and like trying mm-hmm. to figure out mm-hmm. how to that's because we had the weddings on the same day you're right your mm-hmm. boyfriend's friends there was a lot of them and like a lot of activities and then I had mm-hmm. gone down there and had my friends from home down there but then also had friends that lived down there so like I had like a jam-packed weekend but we like really did a, I think we did a good job at like really just like communicating when free time was and like we ended up meeting up yes. in Wynwood, which is so fun. Wynwood is such a fun area. It's the art district of Miami. So we went into like super fun shops and like super cool. Like, I was like on the hunt for art, but I had no idea what I was looking for. And just like, it was fun to like, we had never <laughs> right. met in real life. So it was kind of fun to also see like what you were interested in and like my style of things. And like, even too, I didn't realize yes. it, but, like we ended up going to the super cool outdoor market. Would you call it? Oh my God. That was the best. Yes. So it yes. was like, that was, it was the like best. This really, I thought it was like a weekend event thing. Like I thought it was like a pop, like apparently that's there all the time. Yeah. You go in and there's like DJs and like different bars and like, it's like definitely like an Instagrammable experience for sure. Right. And, mm-hmm, and everyone mm-hmm, there is like super mm-hmm. good looking and like, it's fun. Like you can get like, like fun frozen cocktails. Yeah. It was just like the space was really cool. And we went in and I remember we music exactly and, and like yeah. even just we have like we have similar but different music styles we appreciate we can appreciate like all music really but like we sat at a bar and I was like what is she gonna mm-hmm. order like what type of drink does she drink like you know and I just like I, I was yeah, like waiting yeah. to see what you were gonna say <laughs> and then I was like we were both like well we both drink tequila so that was like a very easy like I was like oh good we drink yes. the same thing you know and it was just it was fun like it's a, yeah. kind of like meeting you and then like seeing like I don't know like your interests and what you were like in in real life and in person right and then I didn't know if you were like a shots person because my best friend like she can't take shots so then I was like oh let's see if Shauna like shots and then I was <laughs> I asked you I was like do you want to do you want to do a and I was shot? Like, absolutely <laughs> and we both didn't we're like that was smooth that was good like and if we didn't have to be in other places we would have done some serious damage in Winwood. and it was so hot it was like 90 degrees yeah so we like, I was sweating through my dress yeah and then we were also like trying to like take fun mm-hmm. pictures because there's awesome like wall art like beautiful like murals on the side of buildings and we like we tried to like just basically soak up every minute we had being with each other and like taking pictures and taking shots and then the best part too was that talking to Matt and I was like you did a shot like you drove after that and he was like and then you're cheersing like how much did you drink and I was like well those cans were water those cans that we like cheers with that was a water can (laughs) yes the liquid death (laughs) liquid death water water yeah I just like like like, yeah uh uh-huh I was like no but we were also sweat I was sweating I if the shot I must have sweated out like five minutes after I drank it anyways it was but it was funny like we would have done some serious damage had we not both had like events that night because I would have stayed there all I would have like I would have also like dragged you to like me I would have stayed there all day and like but it was nice we got like I would have loved it and she got to meet Matt I didn't get to meet Brian but I will and like 
one day I'm going to meet Brian. When we talk on FaceTime, I talk to Brian like I've known him my whole life. I feel like it's weird. I know, right? It's like not so at all funny. awkward. It's just the most <laughs> natural thing. I feel like I've known him for forever. So it's, it's it was nice. To, yeah. Oh my gosh. Connect. Matt was so nice. Yeah. I was like, damn. All right. This is the Matt that shot us. I, well, I always like tell him, I'm like, like yeah. I. I I talk about you like you are a goddamn saint on this podcast. Like people are going to like just think you are, <laughs> you know, it's like we have like a running joke. Like, he, I mean, yeah. he, he, he's the best. He really is. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Hope you got some value from it. If you have any other questions, we're more than happy to answer them. You can like email us or you can DM us on IG. We're pretty active there. We love the emails. We love you guys reaching out. We love to respond back to questions and just even like we love the podcast. Like it's been so nice. Like we've had we'd send them back and forth the messages and just like cry, literally cry tears or joy because it's just nice. It's nice to yes. to know that there's like some yes. impact being made and relatable moments are being, you know, like people can are, are relating to things during like a terrible time in their diagnosis. And, and it's, it's really nice. And please, if you are liking what you hear, rate and review and subscribe and send to your friends and just like keep spreading the word. And we will also keep you updated on all of our health, stuff as it comes up because it doesn't it doesn't end just because treatment is over we're gonna have things that pop up i'm just having a bunch of things pop up recently and that we'll get into and it's just we're, we're gonna keep updates going thank you all for listening and supporting our podcast sharing our stories with you has been incredibly healing for both of us and we hope it helps other women in their journeys through breast cancer ladies if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends and fellow breasties help us reach more women by subscribing and rating us on apple Podcasts, spotify and now on youtube you can follow us on instagram at tyfts podcast and email us at tyfts podcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys so shoot us a message we will link any resources from the episode in our show notes 